Welcome to Diamond Niners Weekly for week 14 of the 2020 season. We're back for another week of Charlotte 49ers baseball talk. This is Nick. As always, I'm joined by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? Coach Woody. Hey, everybody. Coach Toby Bicknell. What's up, Toby? Oh, he forgot to hit mute. <laughs> and producer Brad. What's thanks, up, producer Brad? Thanks, thanks for having me on, guys. Sorry. Oh, now, Toby, now we got Toby. There's yeah. Coach Vic. All right, producer Brad, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good. All right, here we go. We made it back. It's another week. It's Thursday night. Thursday nights, we talk Niner baseball. So that's what we're going to do. Um, let's see. This would have been the last weekend of the regular season. Have I got that right, Coach? That's right. Yep. Last weekend of the regular season. So we, we have, we've officially extended this show all the way through the season. So we said we were going to do it and dadgummit, we did it. So little, little uh, look back at last week. Um, the, the, the feedback and the, the response to the, the Charlotte baseball fantasy draft has been pretty awesome. Um, if, if you haven't had a chance to, to go listen to that, it's, it's out there. We, we podcasted that it's, it's two and a half hours of just pure gold. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's let's well, do and a half hours. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of stories got told last week, but then the real fun started when we put this stuff out there um, on the, on the interwebs and the, the voting has commenced uh, on the teams and the trash talking has, has commenced. Um, uh, guys, y- y'all, y'all don't know this, but I got, I got information. I was getting on Monday morning, I was getting, uh, messaged by, by players. Well, I mean, I don't want to say Tim Colley's name, but Tim Colley saying, when are you going to have this stuff out there? Because I have some people I need to talk crap to. Uh, <laughs> and so we did, and it's, it's been ongoing. Uh, quick look at the voting totals here. Looks like, uh, oh, we've got uh, we've got a dead heat here. Thirty four percent of the votes each. Uh, Darren's thumping termites have thirty four percent of the vote right now, and Sean's throat stompers are both at at thirty four percent. Kevin, you your team, the Swinging Norms, and Mark Colon's Niner Inch Nails are, are hanging back at at sixteen and seventeen percent. So, what's what's up with that, Kevin? Well, I, I don't. I don't think a lot of my team has is on Twitter right now, so uh, I think um, I'm at a little disadvantage as far as the, uh, the social media aspect of it. But um, like I said uh, last week, we're all winners in this, and uh, it's all about uh, having a good time and uh, celebrating history, right? It it is. It is. That, I'll tell you what, uh, Coach Woody. This is what I was. Not, I should have known better than this. But I got these guys together and, yep. you know, we, we just put this together and I was thinking, oh, this will be fun. And all of a sudden it got really competitive, really fast. Did you, did you sense that? I did. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I like B-Rob. I think we were both glad to be on the, uh, outside the ring for the draft. Um, it got, got a little heated in there. So, but it was fun. It's fun to watch. It, yeah, it was, it was fun to watch. And we're that we're running that we're still running that poll. It goes for a week. So it, it goes to like next Tuesday. So, um, so far, uh, 103 votes cast in that poll. 
and it's got get get like four days left. So um, four or five days left. So if you haven't had a chance to go check that out, um, which we have seen, uh, this is one interesting thing. I'm pretty sure, Kevin, that we've had some guys join Twitter just to vote for their team. Ha- haven't they? Have you? Have you? We not seen that? There's been a, at least two we've seen, and they followed us and, and voted for their team. <laughs> but uh, it was really cool was uh, hearing from the older Niners and. Uh, Got a lot of feedback from the guys from the, the early teams, and um, they really enjoyed uh, having somebody talk about the, the older teams and uh, the old days of Niner baseball. And it was uh, great to, to reminisce and um, brought up a lot of memories for those guys. And uh, I'm sure they called up their buddies and and uh, kind of ragged on each other about it. So positive experience, and uh, I'm glad to be a part of it. It was, it was awesome. I'll tell you this: We did get this. Um, we we got a we got a call from uh, we Kevin and I both did from uh, from Mike Hummer in the the Athletic Foundation earlier this week, and um, he had spoken uh, to to Field Colbreth, who is not on Twitter, by the way. Can you think of any reason why an MLB umpire would not have a Twitter account? I just <laughs> I, I can't imagine why he doesn't have a Twitter account. Uh, but it had made its way to 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 field, and um, he, he one he was he was impressed that that he was being remembered, but that that you know that all these that there were still people talking about him and guys from his era and the stuff they did. That's so cool, you know. Um, to to think that um, I don't know, you know, it's still it's still a part, and that there are still people that that the program means so much too and that 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 collective consciousness is out there so really cool to really cool to see um well if you haven't gone and voted folks go go vote um it's still open and and we'll we'll be back to talk smack well maybe we'll let the winning gm come back and talk smack that would be fun don't you think kevin not from my viewpoint right now (laughs) everybody vote for kevin vote for kevin Go get Kevin some votes. I did. <laughs> I did say Woody when we were looking at the lineups, and and Darren's team jumped out front, and then Sean's team caught up. When you look back, when you look at their lineups, they drafted Twitter users. Mm. I don't know if anybody was thinking like that, but I mean, Darren Spice is a is a stone cold killer. Okay, yeah. here's if there's a next level thinker, Darren Spice is one of them, and he drafted a lot of guys that are active on Twitter. Maybe that was what he was thinking. I mean, he has a it's solid all, team anyway, but it's all, it's all about that brand, you know. It's all about that brand. We'll we'll see if we can get Darren to to admit to that. All right, so let's move forward here. Uh, this is one of the things that we promised you guys. It's been teased a couple of times. Um, we have got the, the the we the Charlotte 49ers have a uh, fantastic relationship with uh, P3 Premier Pitching and Performance in St. Louis, um, run by or partly run by uh, former Niner Joe Lopez, and we have what's going on right now in St. Louis uh, uh, equates to a 49er pitching staff takeover. Uh, we've got guys hanging out. If you were if you saw this on Twitter, um, it, we were tagged in it, so of course we retweeted it. Some of the guys, some of our guys have got like a, it's like a MTV real world MTV cribs thing going. They've, they've taken over an Airbnb um, and, and they're, they're in St. Louis for the summer to, to work on their, to work on their craft. Uh, 
Matt Brooks put that out there, uh, filmed that for us, and we put it out there. So we thought that the best thing to do would be to get, go in and get the real story behind what's going on inside that that Airbnb with Charlotte 49ers pitcher Matt Brooks. So Matt Brooks. <laughs> hey, guys. Good to be on. I'm excited to tell you a little bit about what's going on. So it would be fun to learn all about what's happening at P3, and we'll get to that. But what's going on in that house? Oh, man. Um, it's all good. I can tell you that much. Uh, we got the dishes covered. I know the first day we were here, Colby Bruce said, I'll be the dish guy. I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, huh. So it's going well. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's going really well. So I got here gonna- Saturday. Um, and then a few guys got here Sunday. Um, things like that. So it's going pretty well. Um, I'm lucky enough to have the little, the, the bedroom and then we have an upper loft with about five beds in pretty tight area. Um, so it's, it's been good though. They've been picking their beds as they come. Um, we got a few more guys coming, um, tomorrow and then early next week. Uh, but it's going really well. We found a great spot for sure. So you have your own room. I do. So the way it worked is I, I kind of found, uh, the Airbnb and, uh, so that was that was a little bit of the ruling there. So, yeah, I got lucky. <laughs> I kind of missed – all those guys are upstairs, though, so I kind of I kind of get left out being down here. So, so uh, it is what it is, but it's good. So who – run us through here. Who's what, – what, what's your lineup look like there in the Airbnb? All right. So we got uh, – we got Colby Bruce and Nick Turnbull. We got the Twin Towers. Um, when they get in the kitchen, it's tough to move around. Um, of course we've got some more bigger guys coming, so it's been tough. Uh, and then we got, um, we got Roach and, uh, Andrew Roach and then Justin Ofshanka. Um, so they're all upstairs and then I'm downstairs. Um, Ryan Chanskowski's coming tomorrow, I believe. Um, and then some more to come next week as well. So it's, it's, uh, we were talking five's a good number for this place. So it, it sleeps eight. Um, it's going to get a little tight though. <laughs> uh, so now we we should we should point out here that this is this this whole this whole deal really the whole the whole experience with p3 um and 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 certainly the airbnb this was all you guys arranged for this on your own this is your own you know voluntary deal so so coach woody as as you heard about this airbnb deal and who all was going to be in it uh, what are you thinking about uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just excited. You know, we, we've, we had such a crush and blow to the, the season, March 12th and everybody dispersed and gone, went their separate ways. And, you know, just everything going on, there's a lot of isolation. So the, the fact that these guys can, um, you know, within the guidelines set by the CDC, go to a place and be together, um, it, it, you know, and continue to kind of train and, and be with one another and, make some memories. I mean, I'm fired up about it. You know, I wish, I wish, uh, you know, I wish that, you know, our whole team could go up there in a sense, just because, you know, we had such a special thing going um, when the season ended, but no, I think, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. And I think it'll be a time in these guys' lives that they'll, they'll never forget. And we'll, you know, look back on and very fondly, hopefully. So Matt, 
you, you guys have been there for a few days. I know you've gotten to, to do a little bit. Uh, we even saw some, some preliminary video of you guys working out a little bit. So um, why don't you just talk, uh, tell everybody about your, uh, your experience so far. Yeah, uh, it's been great. Um, so Tuesday we started with the, uh, the assessment process, um, basically getting everybody on the assessment uh, testing scale. Um, we started with uh, 10 pitches on the mound in front of um, the high-speed cameras. We did that on Tuesday. And then yesterday, I think today's Thursday, correct? Yes, it, it is. is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yesterday I, have to, we I have to work to keep track of that myself, but yes, it is Thursday. <laughs> yesterday, we went in and did some running and some strength testing just to see how we move in the weight room. Um, and then tomorrow is our body assessments, reassessments that we've done at Charlotte before. Um, just again, seeing how we move and things like that. So that's the plan. Um, it's been nice because we've all been kind of at the same time. So we'll kind of pick who drives. Um, it's about a half hour. Um, so we kind of sacrificed on that side of, of the drive um, to be in the location that we're at. Um, but we, yeah, we'll, we'll pick one guy and we're, we're able to carpool, um, do our thing and then get back and go on with our night. Um, but it's been really good. Um, yeah, it's been awesome going in there and seeing um, the different pitchers. I think we got about 70, around 70 on, in the program now. Um, and there's about 20 in the, in the facility at one time. Um, it's a pretty big facility, so we're pretty spread out. Um, but it's been awesome. It's been great to be in there. Yeah, Matt, it's been a while since we had a chance to talk with you. Um, how you been feeling since, since last uh, the end of the season? Good, uh, really good. Um, things are going well. It's been a long process, um, for sure, a lot longer than I've than I've thought it would be. Um, but I'm feeling good personally. I'm feeling good um, about the guys I'm with now, especially. Um, just seeing how they're working just in the first three days when we don't really have much going on. Um, I think uh, it's going to be an exciting fall and ex exciting spring, and I'm looking forward to being a part of that, for sure. Yeah, we're all looking forward to, to getting seeing you guys back out in the fall. Uh, yeah. See what you guys develop this summer up in St. Louis. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's um, it's definitely a space where you're going to learn um, not only from the trainers um, like Austin and Mitch and those guys, but um, just from other players and getting to know other players' programs and really realizing kind of how lucky we are to be at Charlotte um, and just hearing some other stories about certain things. But it's it's nice to get in there in that in that atmosphere for sure. Uh, Matt, what's the sorry go ahead go ahead coach. I'm just curious Maddie what's been like the reception been with uh like the non-Charlotte players seeing like how many of you guys have kind of rolled in there yeah I mean we don't always wear Charlotte gear um we have some different stuff too so that I don't think they all know but then I think they realize well they all know each other somehow um so I think we've gotten a lot of looks and I think they're kind of like wow I, th I think they realize it's a pretty cool situation we have going on um so yeah, it's it's been pretty cool to go in there with. I know the video I put on Twitter the other day. All pretty much all those guys in there were Charlotte guys, um, and I think maybe there was one or two other guys. Um, so it literally is. It's it's literally a takeover, if you want to call it that. So it's it's been pretty cool. So is there what school up there has more than one one pitcher? Like, what is there any other schools that have multiple pitchers up there? Honestly, I couldn't tell you right now. Um, because a lot of the guys aren't wearing their team-issued gear. It's hard to tell, and I, I've been able to talk to a few guys. Um, I know I know Mizzou has a decent amount of guys. Um, I know of one and then one more that's coming. Um, 
because I know I think I think they're about three hours away or maybe less. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, and then uh, there's a lot of local guys as well. So, gotcha. Coach, what what number? What did our number end up being with with guys we think are going to be working out there for a little bit? Um, we should have about eight eight returners up there, roughly, and then um, we should have eight to ten incoming guys. So coming, kind of coming and going over the course of the summer. So at at at, one, at any given time, we could have as many as eighteen guys training there. So Matt, you you correct me if I'm wrong, but you may be in position to meet some of your, your teammates for the first time in, in that environment. Is that, is that right? Yeah, for sure. We actually had that come up. I mean, the first day we went in because it's like, we, we know the names, um, but when you walk in, you don't really realize who's a Charlotte guy. Um, so we were kind of chitter chattering around with our own little group about is, is he a Charlotte guy? We can't really tell, but then we figure it out and it's, it's kind of fun to figure out who's on our team. So, uh, no, it's been good. I think, I think we got most of them figured out for now until another six or seven guys show up. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's been good. Well, hopefully, you know, at least, you know, as, as you rotate your gear, you know, you might, you know, in and out that they'll see that and be like, Hey, you're a Charlotte guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got to figure it out now for sure. So for any of the guys up there, um, uh, guys that you hosted on a official visit this past fall, yeah, a bunch of them. Uh, the Walter State guys, um, and then uh, a few of the other JUCO guys. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember having dinner with them. They don't necessarily remember. I think they just remember the food. Um, yeah. <laughs> no worries. Um, but yeah, yeah, most of those guys I, I've um, come in contact uh, with at some point. So it's it's been good. Cool. So Matt, when we talk to um, when we talked to the coaches about development, we did a whole episode on player development. The word that came up over and over again was individualization. I'm talking about creating individual plans, individual programs for guys. So with yourself this, this summer, the time you're going to spend there in St. Louis, what, what are you looking, what aspects of your game, what are you looking to, to work on? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is getting back to full health, obviously. Um, it's been about a year since my surgery. Um, about a year and a few weeks. So obviously getting back to full health, um, is the main goal. And then eventually, um, just every aspect really, um, just the weight gain process and the strength process and the, uh, obviously the VLO process and the, um, the mechanics process of everything. Um, and it's all, it's all com combined here into about three hours a day. Um, and they make it simple. So, I mean, you're getting everything out of that three hours that you're in there training. Um, obviously a lot goes into after the training and before the training at our, at our place here. Um, but yeah, just learning more of, um, you know, how to cook for myself and things like that, which I've done at school. Um, but just getting to know a new area, um, along with, you know, putting on that weight, um, gaining velocity and, and being mechanically sound, I think is, is definitely a goal of mine. Um, and the individualization, um, I mean, it's just so, it's just so, uh, how should I say? It's just something that should be in baseball for sure. Um, especially in my case, I'm different than the other guys, um, with my rehab process and things like that. Um, but, but also, I mean, I'm different than a six, five, six, five, six, six, Colby Bruce and Nick Turnbull as well. Um, our bodies move a lot differently. 
Um, so it's, it's, it's really cool to be able to go in the weight room and do a different thing that I know is meant for my body specifically. Um, and I think that's the way that obviously that baseball is going and that's the way that, um, it should be done. So they're doing, they're doing a great job with us, um, on that side. Kevin, I think that, that if we, uh, hard, it's hard to think about this without getting too excited here, but seeing Matt Brooks on the mound in the fall, that would, that work for me. Would it work for you? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I think everybody would be excited to see that. Yeah. I would be too. I would be too. Now I, I promised, I promised you that we wouldn't hold you all night. We're, we're we won't hold you for two and a half hours. like We did last week. We're going to let you, <laughs> let you know, but, um, it, there's one thing I think that, that, uh, everybody would like to hear you talk about a little bit uh, if we could. And, and it's, it's almost not even baseball related. I mean, it is, but it isn't, but you know, you have had this long road back to, to, to getting back on the mound, but in the process of doing that, coach Woodard comes in new, new staff and everything in the transition. And you're not even, you're, you're, you're not even playing, but yet you earned, you're one of the first to earn that gold standard designation as a player. Can you talk about, you know, just what that meant to you and, and how that process worked? And I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty darn impressive uh, to, to earn a designation like that and, and, you know, be, be in the situation you're in. So if you could just, if you could just address that, I, I think people would like to hear that. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I mean, I like, I love, uh, what Woodard, um, what coach brought in, um, to the program with those, with those plates and the gold standard and things like that. And, um, for me, it was just something that I, I didn't really have to change all that much, to be honest. Um, it was something that I kind of learned as a freshman and even before that, just the way I was brought up and things like that. I mean, um, but even though I wasn't playing, I think, um, obviously the weight room is a, is a big part of that, um, and I know I was, I was working hard in there and I think, I think coach saw the, the rehab process was going well and he could tell I was getting frustrated a lot too. Um, and I still do for sure. Um, but just getting through some of that stuff and, uh, just working my tail off, um, without throwing a baseball. Um, I kind of learned how to do that as well. Kind of sit back and, you know, take some guys to the side as much as I could. Um, I think that's one of the ways that I could, could show that I was uh, a gold standard athlete, um, player on that team. Um, so it, yeah, it was definitely an honor and I, I, I wasn't expecting it at the time I, uh, that it was given to me and it was, it was definitely a moment I'll, I'll always remember. So it was awesome. Coach Woody, I, I see you grin in there. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm a shoulder rehab guy myself, you know, so I see, I see a lot of my past and my journey in Matt. And like you said, it's not easy. It is, it's, uh, you, and there's days where everybody else, you know, like we might, you know, everybody else is having a good day and you might be having a bad day with how your shoulder feels like, right. Like one of Maddie's most frustrating days was Tuesday before NC state. And that's, you know, our biggest win of our season. And, you know, Maddie got on the mound and just didn't, didn't feel right. And he had been prior, but, you know, it just, so it's frustrating. You're on, you're at times you feel like you're, you're a bit on an Island and I've just been so impressed with Matt and how he's approached uh, the highs and the lows of this, of this process. And he's, he's going to be on a mound in the fall. I have no doubt. Uh, and we're our whole coaching staff's excited for it. 
and we were we were jacked up to so you know he earned that gold standard title and I think we announced it before our first game of the season in the locker room and um you know he certainly he he certainly earned it and um you know and then you know we have that but then he has that great moment and then we go lose like 17 to 5 or something like that our yeah first game so awesome day yeah (laughs) you know so uh you know but that's that's why i was smiling if you ask those things were kind of running through my mind that's awesome well matt we're gonna let you go uh but just first of all thanks for joining us um and you know i don't i don't think anybody here you know you talked about i love what you said about the way you uh the way you perform, the way you work, your work ethic, and the way you were raised, um, you were gold standard before that was a thing, buddy. And, you know, I, I, I think everybody would agree on that. And, um, it, it, it says a lot, it says a lot. So we appreciate you being a Niner and, uh, providing the leadership that you have. And, and we know that, uh, you're still doing that in St. Louis. So thanks so much for spending some time with us tonight. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We're having a great time out here. So We'll have to check in soon. Um, but yeah, appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, tell the guys we said hello and uh maybe we can maybe we can do something and bring bring everybody back in once you guys have uh got a little work in a little more work in out there. Yeah, for sure. We'll do it. All right. Thanks so much, Matt. We appreciate right, thank you. Thanks, Matty. See you, bud. See you, Brooksy. See you guys. Thank you. How can you this is uh, honestly Kevin, this is one of the things that's so awesome about getting to do what we do is, is sometimes when you watch, well, all sports, but college sports, you know, you kind of forget, it's easy to forget sometimes the, the, the individual behind the player, you know, the the true student athlete and what kind of person they are and what kind of leader they are. And, oh my gosh, you want to talk about a a leader and a, and an all around great guy, Matt Brooks. What else can you say? Right. Yeah. Thanks so much more than that. I second those thoughts. Uh, great player, great person. Great to have a great representative of our university and our, our baseball program. So, yeah, appreciate uh, Matt Brooks deciding to become an honor and, and uh, look forward to seeing him pitch again. Yeah, me too. It's it's definitely good to have guys like that with, as they say, Coach Woody, nine across the chest. That's right. So let's talk, let's, let's, let's start broad and then we'll work our way back into the Niners. Um, college baseball has, uh, well, <laughs> what hasn't changed, but everything is changing week by week, um, day by day, really, uh, hour by hour. Even you, you, if you pay attention to the news, um, different accounts, there are different, I mean, nobody really knows what's going to happen, but some decisions are starting to, to come out. Uh, college baseball has seen some things come down just in the last, really last couple of years. Um, various conferences are starting to announce their plans. Now, Conference USA doesn't have a plan out. Um, I, I, we know they have one. We know they're working on one, at least. But uh, what you've seen is uh, the MAC has, has canceled their, uh, their baseball tournament for four years. Again, you know, take that from action. 
um, <laughs> cancel their baseball term over the next four years. Uh, in more reasonable circles, uh, the Southern Conference has decided to alter the way that they're doing uh, doing their uh, their season. I think they're going to try to play their three game conference series within two days, save on some travel costs. Um, then you've seen the Atlantic Ten, uh, one of our our former conference home. Um, is working to to regionalize and maybe working with some leagues like the Big East and the CW, C, yeah, CAA to um, to regionalize their games more. So all this is kind of – it seems like every day a league is announcing, you know, some plans for, uh, you know, for, for the fall and the spring and going forward into 2021. So – Coach Woody, what what do you what do you read the tea leaves out there a little bit for us? What do you what do you see happening? Well, I wish I could read the tea leaves. You know, I think we all wish we could. It's um, like you mentioned; it's, it's, a, it's everything's really fluid, and um, seems like every day you wake up, there's something new to kind of adjust to or adapt to, and that's kind of where we're at right now. And so, like you talked about, some some leagues have made decisions to modify. Um, whether it's scheduling or budgetary and cost type type issues. Um, it's just kind of the world we live in, you know, that's, that's the world, that's the world we're living in right now is we're just, uh, we're all trying to adapt and adjust. And um, so, yeah. And, and it's, it feels like for the last two months, it's, it's been just a big game of dominoes, you know, like it's the NBA suspended its season and then, you see dominoes falling from there. And then you see um, the, you know, the recruit NCAA will announce a recruiting uh, adjustment to like the recruiting calendar and then division one, two, three and junior college follow. And then, so it's just, you know, that's just kind of the nature of it. I think, I think you saw the max announcement and then, you know, since that announcement, you're going to see other leagues and you're going to, there'll be a conference USA announcement soon enough. and, And they are, they're working extremely hard. I wish people knew, um, and I'm not, I'm not even, um, you know, on the front line with some of these committees, but there's an incredible amount of work being done behind the scenes by our administrators, not only in Charlotte, but at, at all conference USA institutions to really, um, synergize as best as possible. The, the best interest of the student athletes, first and foremost, that's where everything centers around you know, and then, you know, the bottom line and, 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 you know, making sure from a budgetary standpoint, it can make it work. So, um, you know, I think, I think there'll be an announcement here in the next week or two regarding, um, some modifications, but I'm very confident in, in everything I've heard and the direction we're going in terms of conference USA and, and, um, you know, the direction of, you know, and certainly our, our program in the mix with it. And you guys, uh, the, the dead period got extended what right through the end of May. Is that right? It, yes. Previously the, the NCAA recruiting dead period had been through May 31st and then it was just announced in the last 24 or 48 hours that uh, it's going to be extended through June 30th. So as of right now uh, we can resume uh, off campus on and off campus recruiting activities, July 1st. And that it, it looks like that July 1st date, gets dropped a lot. I mean, some of the, um, some of the summer leagues are trying to maybe target July 1st. And then when, when different MLB uh, proposals get floated, you hear the July 4th weekend floated a lot. So that, that kind of seems to be where everybody's trying to, it's a target that everyone's aiming for. It seems like. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just, um, you know, nobody really, nobody really knows, you know, everybody's kind of, every, everybody's trying to work as diligent as they can, but there's a lot of new protocols in place. There's a lot of, you know, I mean, it's a health issue and scenario that none of us have really dealt with before. So you have to be sensitive to that and work around the work around that as best as possible. And it's just, um, you know, so yeah, you just kind of set a date, go for it, hope for the best and adjust it where needed. So, and, and maybe, maybe we can come back and, and talk about that once conference USA, you know, gives us some specifics here in the next Sounds like a couple of weeks you're saying maybe. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would imagine the next week or two, but I haven't, I haven't been informed any, anything set necessarily. You mean they don't, they don't just ask you what you want to do. I mean, not, not in this case. No, you know, not in this case. it doesn't work that way at my job either coach. I don't know why <laughs> the upper administration, they just, they make decisions and no one ever asks me. They're like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, I don't get a phone call. This is Nick. What do you think we ought to do? I, just, I don't know. Well, I can, I can say very confidently that the individuals that are, are, you know, when, when my voice is not being heard or doesn't need to be heard from Charlotte, the, the, whether it's Mike Hill or Reagan Hill or Darren Spees or Chris Fuller and, and everyone in those offices, I can assure, I can assure you that if my voice isn't being heard, it doesn't need to be heard because they're, they're all over it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm feeling that totally. Um, when you look at and Mike Hill's background and, and where he's been and what he's done. Yeah. I can, I feel, I feel you on that. Yep. Um, we, speaking of which we've, we've given credit and we'll do it again right now, um, to the, our, uh, athletic department for back in the spring sports seniors. Um, we, there was a, uh, an update on that from Mike Hill on the, um, he went on with the guys at minor obsession this week, um, and mentioned, I kind of, kind of dropped that in there that the senior sports fund, which I think the goal was originally $93,000 for that is two thirds of the way complete is, is Kevin, you, you were the one that, that texted me about it. Is that, that your understanding of it? Yeah, that's what he said. Uh, he said roughly, roughly two thirds of the way. Um, they've ra- they well, raised the money for that. As, uh, a, as, a, as an hour and a half ago, I can, I'm proud to announce that we have, we have, uh, fundraised a hundred percent of that oh. um, of that amount so uh, Mike Hummer Dan DeVos Michael Garrett Katie McMurray and, and uh, everyone in the foundation um, yeah Mike Hummer called me about an hour and a half ago and informed me that we had we had we've we fundraised ninety three thousand dollars for the senior relief fund we've re- we've reached hundred percent wow is that breaking news here on Diamond Niners Weekly, Kevin? That's that, that's breaking. Breaking news. That's right. That's great news to hear, and uh, I'm sure all the seniors will be happy to hear that as well. And um, all I know, all the baseball fans are happy to hear that as as well, and all other spring sports. So, uh, great news. Appreciate you uh, sharing all that with us. And um, wow, kudos, kudos to Mike Hill and the administration for. We're taking that step out there and getting it done fundraising wise. That's uh, not everybody's doing that. And I'm proud, proud to be, uh, proud to be a part of a school that is doing that. So taking care of the guys that, uh, that, that mean a lot to the program. So. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks everybody that stepped up. I mean, that's huge. I mean, when you think about, and I mean, just 
just looking across the college landscape, people are cutting, cutting programs, um, even big schools, a uh, school like Wisconsin, um, a power five school like, like Wisconsin told their seniors, sorry, you're, you're not coming back. We're not, we're not spending the money on that. And here we have at, at, at Charlotte, we've raised $93,000 to, to fully fund the seniors back for, for their, you know, for, for that makeup year. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's outstanding. It's, um, it, it, it couldn't be more proud to be a 49er today. That's for sure. Wow. And, and kudos to, to everybody that gave. Um, and then Mike Hill, Chris Fuller, um, Mike Hummer, all, everybody, everybody, Dan DeVos, all the guys that Michael Garrett, I know all, everybody, all, lots of people had their hand on that. Man, that's great. That was unscripted, folks. I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm a little geeked out right now. So anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> Charlotte baseball. A um, couple of shout outs here. I'll get back on. Out. I got geeked out, man. I didn't know that was going to happen. You know, coach, Woody's like, Hey, you know, we've been talking about this fundraising goal. We made it, you know, you can't, you can't just do that. Does coach Woody just well, actually do, do that. If you want to drop news like that, anytime you want to do that, just, just do it. It's all, it's all fluid. It's, it's, everything's changing by the hour as you, as we've, we've mentioned before. Yeah, that's awesome. So we'll, we'll give us some shout outs here. Uh, the McCabe's are listening up in Canada. So shout out to big maple and crew. Carla's listening in there. They're always, she usually gives a weather report. Did, Producer Brad, did she include the weather report this time? Uh, no weather report today. No weather report. So Carla, we need to know, we need to know weather report. She usually lets us know if it's snowing or something like that. So I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw the viral video of the three skateboarders in, uh, in, I think it was Toronto coach pick. Was it, was it Toronto? We, uh, yeah, we can, it was Toronto. It was Toronto. We can we confirm that one of the three skateboarders was not David McCabe. We were, <laughs> we were all as soon as we saw that video, we were nervous. Nobody, <laughs> nobody in Niner Nation wants to, anything to do with Big Maple on anything with wheels on it like that. <laughs> no, yeah, we confirmed he was not one of the three skateboarders on the highway. I. More breaking news, Kevin. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, guys. <laughs> Big Maple is not skateboarding on the freeway in Toronto. So, fantastic. Um, more shout-outs here. Uh, Melinda Fincher listening in Arkansas. That's Carson Johnson's mom. So, what's up, Melinda? I uh, got to meet her. We did. That was one of the cool things that happened. We got to meet uh, uh, some of Carson's family that, that made it in town before everything. I'm glad they didn't end up waiting until senior day. That would have been been kind of a bummer. Um, so, hello, Melinda. Appreciate you listening in from Arkansas. So, we're, we're regional and international. Fantastic. So, we're going to talk about... We, we want to talk about how we go forward from here. Well, that's, that's what we've got uh, coach Woody on and, and coach Bick. And we're, we're just, this is so fluid and everything that's happened. We're going to try to work our way through some semblance of what happens. We know we have, and, and thanks to that wonderful news, we know we not only have the opportunity to bring the seniors back, uh, we have the funding to bring the seniors back, but we also have another recruiting class that the signing class that, that the inked um, that'll be coming to campus. So this is a big topic. It's probably going to be a little unwieldy. Just stick with us. 
we may devolve into movie quotes or something. Anytime you're talking to coach big, <laughs> the first time you came on coach, we ended up talking about stirrups. So nonsense. I think we talked about nonsense pretty much, whatever, whatever well, fits into that category. You, you should have, I mean, you should have heard last week. I mean, it was just, Oh, was, I, I listened to a good bit of it. It was, it was entertaining. It was awesome. So why don't we do this? Um, and, and then we'll, we'll bring in other things as possible, but you guys got to campus, <clears throat> you guys got, and, and, and this was going to be your first season, but last fall, it's, it's always interesting to see that new, when that new staff comes in, it, they, they, there's a little gap there because recruiting is a, um, recruiting is a year over year thing. It's a relationship thing. And then you guys come in, you come into your new role as recruiting coordinator and it's fall and you got to go. You and Bo Rob start working immediately on putting together a 2020 signing class. Some of it, pieces of it are already there, but you're coming in and you guys are, are, are going in this new direction. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about how you guys started just from, I don't want to say from scratch, but you from scratch coming in on the ground and, and starting to build a 2020 class and how you went about that. Yeah, well, I, we definitely didn't start from scratch because first and foremost, we, we already had good players here. Um, and, you know, uh, the previous staff and Bo Robinson especially is, is a big reason for that. And, and with the guys that we already have on the team that were there in the fall, you, you also had um, you had seven commitments that we already had in the 2020 class, um, all of them being high school players um, and a number of them from North Carolina. Um, and so obviously Bo did a great job with that. And then, you know, everybody else on staff was already here. Um, and then I came about a month later. Uh, it took me a little while to get from Texas to, to get to North Carolina. Um, but by he the time I in, got here, he came so in hot, good. guys. Coming in hot, jump, hey, jump ready to fight. So he came in hot, you know, land with the charge radar gun and, and a stopwatch, but. <laughs> You don't do you know, a lot. You do a lot. Yeah. When I, when I got here, um, obviously we had some nice pieces, some great pieces that were already on the field for us with a really talented group and, and a talented freshman class, which you guys obviously saw as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, we also had seven commitments already that, that, that Bo and Coach Woodard had already gotten. So, you know, I think I'd be remiss to say, if, you know, we didn't recognize that Coach Woodard obviously has been recruiting as an assistant coach before he got the head job at Charlotte at a very high level um, at, at two stops in the ACC and, and, and one at Wilmington. So, um, you know, recruiting is a team effort. It's, it's not a one-man thing um, all the way, you know, all the way over to Tyler Simmons, who's our director of player development, and, and, and the things that he does behind the scenes and John Stott, um, who, uh, you know, was a scout for the Cleveland Indians for two years before he took the job here as one of our assistant coaches. So, I mean, it's a team effort. When we have recruiting meetings, we have those, all five of us are in the meeting, right? We're all sitting there and breaking it down and what do we need and what are we looking at? And what do we think is going to happen with the draft? And, you know, you're, you're projecting a lot, um, from a recruiting standpoint, but you're also, you know, you're also having a lot of conversations about players, um, and you're getting to know the other guys on staff and, and you're trying to gauge it based off what, what players are already there at the field. Right. So uh, I think one of the big things with the, with the staff, when you're meeting and talking about recruits is 
you're, you're talking about players that you already have or players that everybody has seen on the staff. And so it's like, okay, well, we know this guy is this and we know this guy is this and we know this guy is this. And okay, this guy's a sophomore and this guy's a freshman and this guy's a junior. And, and you're, you're, you're comparing, you know, there's a lot of comparison that goes on. Um, and the, the more you get for me, the valuable thing for me was that, um, was that coach Woodard, coach Robinson, and Tyler Simmons had seen the state of North Carolina, you know, from a high school standpoint, they had, you know, Simmons and Bo Rob had seen the players at Charlotte for an extended period of time. And, and then Woody obviously has a great background when it comes to, 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 to the ACC and, and the levels that he recruited at, at, at North Carolina and then at Virginia tech and Wilmington. So, and then, you know, we added Stott, we added Stott in, you know, early in the fall and he came in, and, and he's coming from a pro background. So you got five guys, you know, that I would like to say have elite level eyes and, 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 and an elite level of feel when it comes to talking about tools and talking about needs and talking about players and, and, and what it takes to be successful in Conference USA. So for me, it was, it was awesome. Um, I had been scouting a different part of the country. Um, but with that being said, you know, you're, you're hitting the ground running. I haven't been in North Carolina in 10 years. Um, so, you know, hitting the ground running early, you know, I leaned on Bo and Woody a lot, um, when it came to what we're looking at and where we're going and, you know, the direction that we wanted to go. But I mean, the, the first time that me and Woody got on the phone before I even took the job, I think probably before he even offered me the job was, you know, the importance of recruiting and that it's the lifeblood of your program, right? Guys, guys don't just show up. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a team effort. It, it takes from the top down from administration all the way to the people that cut the grass on campus. You know, the guys that prune the bushes to the way the buildings are, are set up to everything. I mean, when you, when you come on a visit or when you have a young man and his family on campus, you know, that, that is, that's your chance. Right. And so, you've got to make the most of that opportunity of those six or seven hours that you have to showcase an awesome university. And, uh, and so it's fun being a part of a team that, that makes that a high priority. One of the things that, that I've been so impressed about what you guys have done and, and you just touched on it there. I mean, you guys really do, get down into the details of a recruit's time on campus. It's not, Oh, well, you know, so-and-so will be here and we'll show him around and maybe he'll like it. No, 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 no. That's, that's not at all what you guys are doing. You guys are in the, in, in the details down to, we want to show him this and we want to show him this and we want it to look like this. So talk, talk through your process, talk how, when a guy, when somebody's going to visit Charlotte, what what should they expect? Well, you know, it starts at the top, and and one, we have an amazing university, and then two, you know, um, Coach Woodard's done it at a high level for a really long period of time, and so there's 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 a collaboration that comes from high level expectations to high level recruiting, um, to then obviously you've got such a great resource, and that Bo has seen this campus change over the years. Um, and, and he's been doing it for a long time. And so, you know, we, we try to break down each aspect of campus, of the baseball program, of um, our coaching staff. And, 
obviously players and parents and families are going to have questions when they, when they're on campus and we want them to ask as many as they can. And they're going to have questions when they leave, right? Oh man, shucks. I should have asked this, or I should have mentioned this. What what we want to do is we want to answer as many questions as we possibly can before they even ask them, right? We're not, we're not necessarily teaching to the test, but we know the things that are important to families. We have an idea. Each family is going to be different. You're, you're trying to do as much background information as you can on a player and his family. What's important to them. You're talking to this high school coach. You're talking to the travel coach. You're talking to maybe another coach in his conference that he doesn't even know. And you're, you're trying to get an idea. It's about building relationships. I mean, any job that you have, whether it's coaching baseball or whether it's working on an oil rig um, or whether it's running a small business is about relationships. And so, you know, recruiting is about building relationships and, you know, the tough part is in baseball recruiting and, and, and obviously other sports as well. Sometimes you're, you're trying to build those relationships really quickly. Um, and sometimes the best way to do that is to ask a lot of questions. And so you, you, you do that when you're on the phone. I think, I think for us, it's, it's fun because we have a lot to talk about. So when, when we get on the phone with a recruit, you know, and, and we like what we see, you know, maybe we saw a kid at this tournament and you get on the phone and you start talking to them and you ask a lot of questions. But when, when they're done answering questions that you have about who they are and where they're from and what their story is and what's their family like, what's their favorite subject in school, what's their worst subject in school, who's their favorite teacher, what kind of car do they drive, do they have a girlfriend, you know, all that stuff, right? You, you, you get through, you know, some questions to find out a lot about them. And then, you know, once they're done, you can pretty much hit the clock. It's going to be another 20 to 23 minutes just talking about Charlotte, our baseball program, our coaching staff, our campus, the city, the player development, the technology, the way we run practice, our strength coach, our athletic trainer, our administration, the direction of the athletic department, the other sports programs on campus, what campus life is like. I mean, there's just, there's a lot to talk about. Um, and that part of it's fun, you know, because you, you've got something, you've got something that you can share with players. Um, you said, you said you had not been, you had been away from North Carolina for 10 years. Yes, sir. How, how long, how long in between visits to UNC Charlotte? Oh, great question, coach. Great question. So the last time I was on campus at Charlotte before I had, before I got back on campus for the first time after I accepted the job, I'd already taken the job. I'd taken the job. Yeah. The job yeah. was taken, done, moving. Let's go. Um, <laughs> the first time I, uh, the last time I was on campus before this summer in July, when I drove on campus was probably state games, 2010. Okay. Summer of 2010 state games or, or summer of 11. I can't remember which one it was, but it had been roughly nine or 10 years. And okay. so when I drove back on campus from Texas, I, I drove in and I was like blown away. Right. I was blown away by the football stadium. Never seen it before. You know, the last time I was on campus, the back of the, the back of campus was the baseball field. Um, the new buildings on that side of campus 
um, the grounds, just the way the grass was cut, the way the, the trees were laid out, the flower beds, everything. I mean, it was, I was blown away. You remember those red fields that were there where the football stadium is? Yes. It was like, uh, so I think the last time I was here is we parked over there. There was like, it was like a gravel lot. It was like a grass field. I, I honestly, I can't remember. I know because I was coaching at Davidson the last time I was here. Those rec fields where the football stadium sits now, there was like an upper field and a lower field. Um, that's where we would tailgate for baseball and, and we would organize um, ball games out there. Kevin, Kevin would, would we would organize T-ball games or wiffle ball games or whatever. Wiffle we, ball we can be fun. Competition out there in those days. Let's yeah. go. I'm in. I mean, we could still do that on the football field as long as we get permission. You know, <laughs> yeah. So we had, we, you know, we would go out there and, and everybody would bring ball and glove and, and we'd get the kids involved and we were running, running games out there. And I mean, gosh, my, my daughter who's, who's 14 now is just a little thing and playing T ball. And was, those were some pretty good days, Kevin. I mean, we, we made a sacrifice for our football program. I mean, yeah. we were willing to do it. <laughs> it goes by fast. It took away our prom tailgate, baseball tailgate spot. Uh, to build a football stadium, but we're happy to have it for sure. <laughs> it's a it's a give and take. It's a give and take. It is. It is. You know, did I'm, they ask did they ask you all for permission? <laughs> <laughs> See, there's another one of those, Coach. <laughs> I, I, here, here we go. So we that's where we that's where we pre-game for baseball, organized, you know, stick ball games, the whole thing. Nobody asked us. They just take, they just take it and turn it into a football stadium. That surprises me. That really does. That surprises me. I know. I know. And then, you know what we do? We go and create, we go and create like along with some other people, we go and create one of the best tailgating environments for football on campus in a parking lot. Have you seen the university rec center lately? Yeah, it was that parking lot. See, they didn't ask us about that either. They just built that fantastic, phenomenal rec center right there where we used to tailgate for football. Didn't ask us like about you, that. It's like you guys know where the prime real estate is on this campus. Hmm. hmm. Surprising. Yeah. Huh. And, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you should just watch what, what we're doing and <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe we're good at investing in things before they blow up. Like, I don't know, maybe Charlotte baseball. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Just saying, I don't know. Deal. A couple more updates where they've been coming in here. The Turnbulls are listening in uh, in South Carolina. So, hey to the Turnbull crew. Hey, Turnbulls. Hey, guys. Coach, your mom says you sound great. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mom. She's, uh, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's probably sitting on her back patio, listening to some James Taylor, hanging out. This is not a bad night for, for patio and JT. I'm, I'm good yeah. with that. Um, and then, Oh, Carla got back to us. Carla McCabe says it's raining. It's raining up in Canada. Way, so. hey, if it's raining, that means it's, it's warm enough, not snow. Right. So progress, progress. We're getting there. All right. So, you know, I talk about campus coach and the way y'all sell it. I'm almost a little um, envious of really the both of you, but, but Toby, you'd been away for, for so long. Um, Kevin and I, it, it's easy to, it's easy to look past what's there because we're, we're used to seeing it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got to see it with with new eyes, and and we don't get to do that. So I'm I'm a little little jealous there. Well, you know, and 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 as a as a guy that grew up in Charlotte, me and came to Charlotte baseball camps. I mean, I can remember being a sophomore in high school and being on the field and Jay Matthews giving an infield talk about how my glove should be shaped. And I, I left there and reshaped my glove immediately from that camp. Right. So I, I saw it in, in the stages. I, I never saw it as up close and personal as, you know, guys like Bo Rob saw it over the years or you guys even, but I mean, you, you get there and I think, you know, the, the word that comes to mind is vision. Right. And that when it was laid out and when construction was happening and in all those years that, that I wasn't around is there was a vision and that vision has been carried out and executed to a T. Right. And, um, you know, the indoor hitting, faci- the indoor facility, the player development facility that's on our right field line. I mean, what a great job they did with that, um, you know, all the way down to the stadium and that, you know, there's there's really not a bad seat in the house to the coaches' offices, the press box, the football fields right behind us. You've got an outdoor patio, uh, the Eric Walker suite, the Lopez suite, and then the guys walk across the two-lane road, and, and and all of a sudden they're right there at the locker room. I mean, we've we've got everything that we need to to develop our players at a high level and to prepare them for the next level when they're done playing baseball at Charlotte. So, um, you know, not just that, but campus in general, whether it's the new rec center, whether it's the student center you know, the, the, um, the light rail that runs through campus and all of a sudden you're walking through and there's, you know, there's three, four different quads and you're not really seeing parking decks, right? The parking decks are hidden or blended into campus where it's, it's, it's not necessarily an eyesore and the trees and the foliage. I mean, I, I don't, I'd have a hard time finding the campus that you thought was more of a prototypical, like, you know, majestic college campus than Charlotte. It's a beautiful place for sure, and um, yeah, we've seen it grow grow tremendously. Um, like you said, it, baseball field used to be the end of it in the woods. Now it's like a whole new campus out there. Even since we graduated, it's been hmm. less than twenty years, but I mean, it's just growing exponentially. Um, Absolutely, one of the fastest growing fastest growing schools in the UNC system, and um, it's it's only going to continue to grow. Yeah, not grow. done. Yeah, and I think I, wanna, I think you'll find. I mean, I you know I know Bo and Woody would probably agree with me in that, you know, my biggest job as a recruiting guy at times, if if let's just say I'm the one that sees a player or somebody else is the one that sees a player, whatever it is, you know, the biggest job is getting to campus, right? That's number one. You got to get them to show up, right? Get them to come see it in person because you can view it in a in a in in a quick hit five minute video. Um, I can talk about it till I'm blue in the face. But until you see it and you experience it and, and you walk those steps and you see the grounds and you, you go in the indoor hitting facility or the indoor player development facility, until you see those things, you know, up close and personal, you're, you're not, you're not really getting a true testament to what, to what it's all about. Pictures don't do it justice. That's right. I wanted to uh, jump back into the recruiting a little bit. Um, we talked a couple of weeks with coach Simmons, and coach Woodard about uh, some technology we've been using uh, player development on campus, and uh, he told a few stories about uh, using technology on the recruiting trail, both uh, high-speed cameras and um, other uh, technology that has been used in the recruiting um, 
high school ball players and well, I guess JUCO ball players these days. Uh, can you go through some of the technology you guys are using and some of the the new stuff that you're seeing out there in the recruiting trail? Absolutely. So, um, you know, the high speed cameras are are extremely valuable. The Sony RX100 that that we have, which is really close to the edge of Tronic camera, um, and you know there's pieces of that that you can do on the recruiting trail that you can then use, um, to, to break down a guy's swing, to break down his pitch mechanics and also use on a visit. Um, you know, I think track is extremely valuable. There was a tournament, um, that me and Bo both went to where I was, I was in the tower the whole time, um, watching four fields right in the tower, um, and four track man setups and, you know, I can see the guy pitch and I can watch the track man data and I can write it down in my notebook. And, and, and we were fortunate enough to get a couple of players out of that. Um, but I, I think the technology piece is huge, right? When it, because it's just the way the game is changing and it, it doesn't mean that it changes. Um, it doesn't mean that it changes everything, but it means you need to know what's going on and you need to know how to use it and you need to know how to apply it to when you're evaluating players. Um, I think, you know, my mom could sit in her wheelchair and watch a game and, and, and watch Colby Bruce and, and, you know, come back and be like, that guy's got a really good uh, slider. You know, that, I think, I think a lot of people can do that with their eyes, but when you, when you start looking for outliers and angle and spin rate, spin rate on fastball and plane and spin efficiency, and, and you start looking at things like that. Um, there's a lot of guys out there that are better at it than me, but the more that you learn about it, the easier it is to apply to your evaluation that you're doing with your eyes. Um, Cause in the end, a lot of recruiting, if you're not using technology and I've done it this way before is, is all based off what you see and what you like. And so you're trying to set your eyes to a higher level, but now we've got technology, whether it's high speed cameras, whether it's TrackMan, whether it's Rapsodo pitching, Rapsodo hitting, you've got different elements that you can use that are, that are, they're not going to do anything but help your eyes. They're, they're going to back up what you're saying. Um, and so if I come to, if I come to Woody and I say, Hey, there's this, you know, there's this five foot nine right-hander out of an upper Midwest state and it's only 88, but his spin rates, you know, he's, he's spinning his fastball, 2,600, 2,700. Well, Woody's going to go, okay, got it. You know, he's not going to hear the kid's five foot nine and he only throws the ball 88. He's going to hear, you know, low release point, high spin rate fastball. Right. So now all of a sudden that, that, that helps paint a picture. Um, regular video on your cell phone is great. I mean, that certainly gives you an idea, but man, the high speed cameras are invaluable. And, you know, whether it's TrackMan, whether it's Rapsodo, those things are things that you like for me, I, I want to use as often as possible. Yeah. Uh, more data points, the better, right? More data points, the better. I mean, you know, we, we can't mention a name, but you know, we've had, we've obviously signed a lot of, we've signed a number of players out of camp uh, this past fall. And, you know, one of the guys that we, we signed his blast motion data at camp was fantastic. Um, obviously we also saw a great swing if you weren't looking at the blast motion data um, but you're, you're looking at this kid here, kid hit and you're saying, man, this, this kid's got a great swing. But then you look at the blast motion sensors and you're like, Hey, this guy's scores are like, they're, they're as high as two of our best hitters, you know? So there's, there's real advantages to that. And, and from day one, when I got here, I know that's, that's been a big thing that, that coach Woodard and coach Simmons have been pushing. And, you know, it's just, it's the wave of the future. It's the way the game is going. And, 
you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, Hey man, you better jump on board and use it. Cause all it is, is it's just going to help you, you know, it's not going to hurt you. It's just going to help back up what you're seeing, or it's going to be a good cross reference for what you may not see. So, and, and I just want to drop that in here. You brought it up, um, for, for everybody listening, uh, at home or, or later on the podcast, um, just due to a lot of things with, with regulations and requirements and et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, we're, we're not going to get, we're not, we're not going to name drop here tonight. Um, but if you follow, if you follow, uh, diamond Niner fans on Twitter, um, it's probably not hard to figure out, um, who, who's who. And in fact, maybe, um, maybe they'll even be like a blog post in the not too distant future that kind of outlines some of this. Well, stuff. that's off to you that's guys. That's coming from you guys, us, not from guys, these guys. These guys, guys are have plugged in. You guys are plugged in. You guys know what you're doing. I, I, I honestly, I've been impressed since day one when I got to campus and the knowledge that you guys have and uh, the passion that you guys follow the program, recruiting games, players, everything with. So it's awesome. I love what you guys are doing. Well, it's, we don't want to know. We don't want to know what we're doing. We want to know what you're doing. <laughs> hence, hence the podcast. Got it. <laughs> that's right. what's, yeah. What's so, next? Yeah, we'll 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 put. We can, we can, we can collect as as as, and that's really, folks. Um, the recruiting stuff. Kevin, Kevin is all over that freaking stuff. So, and, and then I just get to I get to understand the information that he compiles so that's how it goes kevin's kevin's demand on that so maybe we can put some information out that about that over the summer and let everybody take a look at, at what that looks like but like i said if you've been following along on twitter as people make announcements and stuff and there's retweets and stuff like that so mm-hmm. just just go back like through the timeline like it's said, all there right re- recruiting is very oh, important yeah. it's the life of the program and uh, um you guys said daily recruiting is daily for you guys and um we've even we, we were setting up our show um in coach Woodard's office before before um COVID-19 hit uh, when we we're doing the show there you guys were, were meeting prior to our show going on there um talking recruiting and all that so uh, great to see it's very important it's a lifeblood of the program and it's it's uh definitely high priority just uh, great to see that um Appreciate you guys being transparent as well um, with, with us and um, keeping. The- yeah, I mean, I think I, you know when we're when we're looking at it, you know, we we have such a strong group, right? That was already that was already on the field for the Niners, and and I mean, how fortunate we are. Obviously, everybody is that the seniors get to come back, and so that that just that almost feels like another recruiting class when you start adding the seniors that are coming back to it. And you know, I think anytime you're recruiting, you're 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 looking at it and you're you're trying to build up the middle, right? So you're you're looking at guys that can play in the middle of the field, and you know, you're you're obviously looking at tools, but you're looking at guys that can play in the middle of the field, whether it's catcher, shortstop, second base, center field, and and obviously the number one thing is on the mound, um, and and so you know, we're really fortunate and, and we had a good fall. Um, but we've got a good group and we got a good group coming in. So I'm excited to see how these guys gel together in the fall. And even this summer, you know, just hearing stories about how they do a P3 together, because you got a bunch of returners and you got a bunch of new guys, you know, it's, it's fun. I think it's going to be an, I think it's gonna be a fun fall. 
um, for everybody involved because you, you got guys from kind of all over um, from different states. Obviously, we have a, a lot of North Carolina guys, but we got guys from all over. And, it, and, and I, one thing I'd say about this group that was here this fall and, and it's coming back is, you know, I, I think every single one of those guys, they're great teammates. And so I know they're going to they've already set a standard. Um, with how they've taken care of business in their first year and handling adversity. And they're going to set a standard for being great teammates and welcome these guys in as well. So um, it's an exciting time. Coach Woody, you, you mentioned this or Matt mentioned this um, that, you know, with, with the, the new guys that are coming in, I mean, they're literally meeting teammates, maybe some of them for the first, a lot of them for the first time um, in St. Louis yep. as, as they're working out. Um, you're going to, when, when, when they all get back and, and let's you know, who knows what's going to happen this fall, but let's just, let's just for a moment, pretend like everybody's coming back this fall and on yep. camp and we're going to go on with our lives. Let's just, let's just make, let's, let's pretend for a minute, humor me. Um, yep. You're going to get, I mean, I mean, really you're getting a, a cohesive group coming in. They, they, they've already spent time together. They've already, and like, like Bick said, they, they've already seen Matt's, Matt's standards, Matt's work ethic. The other guy, Colby Bruce. I mean, it's already, the groundwork's already there. Yeah. I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, my, I mean, this past fall for two or three weeks before our fall season starts, we have skill work. And I remember my first week of skill work with the pitching staff last August, you kind of have to, whenever you get to a new program, you kind of have to like crawl before you crawl, before you walk, walk before you jog, jog before you run. And I mean, I spent a full day just, or I spent a full week on just basically teaching guys the skill of skills of what they sh- should and could be doing before they even pick up a baseball. Right. Like, because a lot, a lot of it was new to them in terms of just the protocols that we were implementing with drive line or P3 or um, whatever it may be. Um, but, but this August, I mean, these guys are, these guys are training. There's 16, 17, 18 of them training a P3 in St. Louis. Like there's going to, I mean, we're just going to hit the ground running. So there's not going to be, a, you know, I'm not going to be teaching the guys about how to do Jager band warm up before they throw a baseball, like they're like, they're going to be so far past that, that, you know, you know, ideally we'll be instead of picking up and chapter, you know, last August was chapter one of the book. We'll, if it's a 30 chapter book, we'll, we'll pick up at chapter 15 or 16. And in fact, I, I talked to Matt Brooks about this the other day. I mean, they're going to be teaching me because they're going to be out there. They're going to be out like, they're going to be there training for two or three months with elite, you know, some of the best, trainers pitching trainers in the country and working with high-speed cameras and technology that we use at charlotte but they're gonna be using it every day and they're gonna they're gonna come back and they're gonna teach me i mean that's that's i think for me you know the gap between i think if you could say what's the biggest gap between when i when i was a player and when i was a coach like when i was a player there was no social media like like the information i was getting was i got to i had to go seek it out i had to go drive to san diego and train with Tom house in San Diego. Well now, you know, Tom house has his own Twitter feed and people can read that or, you know what I mean? So the gap between coach and player has shrunk. And in fact, there's a, there's many times where players can teach coaches. Um, if, if coaches are willing to listen, which our, our staff is, 
you know, and it's just, it's, it's a neat thing. It's a neat thing when, when you guys, you can have that level of sharing information. Um, and that's, that's the stuff I'm really excited about this fall is trying to take the player, that side of player development to a whole nother level. And as, as we mentioned before, um, this is, this is the, the work that's going on in St. Louis at P3 is all volunteer, volunteer workouts. They, they've made their own plans and they, they've gone down. How does that make you feel as, as not a head coach, but as a pitching coach, to know you've got that guy. I mean, that's commitment right there. When you're talking 16, 17, 18 guys deciding to do this. Yeah. It's not mandatory. It's, it's, um, they can come and go from there as they please. Some guys, some guys are going up and we train remotely. Some guys are to go up and stay for a month. Some guys are going to stay for two or three months. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, if at any point, I mean, again, we, we, I can't stress it enough. Like, I mean, we are in the middle of, of you know, one of the time, you know, phase of history in terms of a pandemic. And, you know, so any time, I mean, I can't stress enough. Anytime that those guys feel as though they need to go home or, or move that they, they have the freedom to do so. But um, yeah, this is, this is something that our coaching staff is excited about. Um, it, it's a, it's a unique opportunity. I, I think that, we're extremely lucky. If I was at any school in the country, I would be hope, hopeful that my pitching staff would be going up there. So um, I'm, I'm actually amazed it's not more than 70 or 80 pitchers training there. I would, I mean, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's special. I mean, like I said, not only the three hours a day that they're going to be training there, but you know, the 10 hour, the, the 15 hours a day or however many that they're at the Airbnb. I mean, you know, when these guys go off and play professional baseball and they get married and they're at each other's weddings, you know, they're going to, they're going to reminisce on this time of their life. And, um, I'm, I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful that they, you know, for the time being, at least unless things change from the, with the CDC, that they're able to do that. That's going to be a, a future, uh, a future podcast where we're talking to pro niners. You know, what do you remember from your time at, at Charlotte? Well, remember that summer at P3, yeah, we'll probably hear some stories then that we won't hear on the current podcast. We'll finally I, find out what happened inside that Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question come in um, off, uh, and this kind of leads into, we're, we're talking about pitching so much, which nothing wrong with that. Um, Ryan Benson coming in uh, with a with a question. Um which, by the way, I have it on. I have it on good authority that Ryan Benson is now a Grand Slam Club member as of this week. So. Yep. Welcome aboard, Ryan. Welcome aboard. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you. He wants to know, what's the plan for position players with significantly less or maybe even no summer ball? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, we've had to replace player, any player that position player that was placed into a summer league that was canceled. We've had to replace them into another summer league that is currently open. Um, so we've, we've been doing work on that the last couple of weeks. And if there's further cancellations um, with the leagues that are still slated to start June 15th or July 1st, if we need to redirect and, and some of our guys, uh, you know, there are training facilities open. um, We'll, we'll we'll take a look at that. Um, But we're, it's, you know, that, that side of things is, is, that is day to day. It's, it's fluid. You're hearing each day that um, summer league, a summer league is, shutting down or summer league is staying on. It's just, it's really day to day right now. So right now all of our position players um, are either placed or have been replaced into, you know, summer teams um, that most of them are beginning July 1st. 
Kevin, did I see that right today? I mean, the, the, the CPL, I mean, they're, they've, they're, they've been talking July 1st, but like they're starting to, to announce some player lineups and stuff like that. Aren't they Kevin? Yeah, I know the, uh, was it four city was announcing some players, um, uh, this week. So, um, stay positive, going to stay positive and hopefully we'll see some baseball this, this summer. Um, I know we're definitely uh, grabbing some baseball action, live baseball. I've been leaving, watching some of the Korean baseball league on TV, but, um, Love to see our guys in action and uh, have something to follow with uh, uh, with the Charlotte connection. Um, it was Todd that they, those guys could... they tweeted about today, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Todd Elwood, yeah. Forest City, Forest City Owls. He's back. He's mm-hmm. back in uh, Forest City this summer. Um, so, I would drive to Forest City to watch Todd Elwood play baseball. Absolutely. I mean, Amen. Amen. Heck, right now, there's no telling how far I'd drive to watch anybody play baseball. <laughs> I know Coach Bicknell's ready. <laughs> the truck the truck is a full tank of gas. He's ready to go see some ball. Kevin's watching Korean baseball, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, man. Do it, you know? Have either one of you guys watched any of that? I have. I'm up, at four, I'm up at 4 a.m. every day watching Korean baseball, yep. No, you're not. <laughs> I like to have it in the background when I'm when I'm working. Just just have baseball. So it's it's a uh, it's relaxing. So it is. No, it is. It's, I, I watched a little. I tried to watch one game, Kevin. I did, and I just I couldn't. I don't know. I couldn't lock in on it. it, it it's not them. It's me. <laughs> So I mean, I don't know. User error, right? User error. Yeah, I just. Well, I mean, I didn't have. I was. It was. Uh, it was North. The North Carolina. The North Carolina. The NC Dinos, uh, and Sam Samsung. Is that right? Who was their team name? Sounds right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sam They're all. I don't know. They're all owned by corporations. Uh, so I was watching, watching these, um, these teams and I, I didn't have any stake in them and I didn't have any, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't have any, any, I had no investment in the teams playing. So I found it hard to watch. I'm with, I'm with yeah. you, Nick. I'm with you. It, it's much more fun to watch when you're invested in it and you know the guys. Now, if this had been like a Korean, you know, a Korean development league and Coach Bick had said, hey, we're looking at the right fielder, then all of a sudden I would be <laughs> dialed in. Hey, this guy went six for eight in two games, one double, you know, three singles, you know, a couple homers. Yeah. Get the full report. With how, yeah. with how much those guys are making, I don't know if they have any eligibility left. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, you know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, us putting guys on a consistent basis into the minors over the last handful of years has changed my, my minor league baseball consumption all around. I mean, yeah, I will on a, you know, all things being equal on a Tuesday night in, in late June, I will be at home catching Brett Netzer's game or something, you know? Hey, hey, and just so you know, like when I, when I accepted the job at Charlotte and I was still living in Texas, I started following you guys. And during the summer, before I actually got here, that was the majority of the tweets that I saw were you guys tweeting about guys that were, you know, Charlotte 49ers playing pro ball. 
and and I, I can just tell you for me it was it was awesome you know because i'm like oh yeah no got it i remember that guy or i don't remember this guy but you know the coverage that you guys do during the summer is pretty incredible too well that in the summer ball we like we like to track that stuff too that's fun but, and some of that stuff is hard to get coach bick because sometimes when we're tweeting about i kid you not sometimes when we're tweeting about what a game so and so had you know last night for whatever team we're like getting that information from their, their parents <laughs> because there's no information. Some of these leagues you go and you, there are no box scores. There's no nothing. But yeah. That's, that's tough. That's tough. That's right. It's gotta be a reputable source, but sometimes you just, you know, you gotta know big word trust, right? Hey, but when, when somebody says, Hey, my, my kid went two, three with, with an RBI last night, well, we run with it. Yeah, throw it out. All news is good news. Uh, maybe not, but all publicity, well, anyways. You know, and this is not—I'm not going not to not mention any names here, but you know, you know, you're going to get the good stuff because nobody, nobody goes out of their way to contact you and say, "Hey, my kid was lousy last night." Well, you know, thank goodness my mom didn't have. There weren't cell phones around when I was playing because my mom would have gladly texted you that I went over four with an error and didn't sprint out the last ball down the line. And then I'm not a good player. So um, <laughs> she just, she just tends to tell it like it is, but thank goodness for that. So your mom would have done that. She absolutely. She's, she's, she's a pretty hard nosed lady. And you know, she, she, she doesn't pull any punches when it comes to performance. So um, yeah, she knows the game. That's all. Kevin sounds like we need to get, we need to get coach Bick's mom on here. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She would be, it would be entertaining. I, I would tell you that it would be entertaining. So you'll, you'll get Thank a lot you. of direct, you'll get a lot of direct answers. Hey, hey Kevin, we, have we told you guys the story about when, when coach Bick like agreed to come back to Charlotte and we told you guys that story before. Go ahead. <laughs> have we, well, the, the, I mean, I remember bits and pieces of it. I'm sure Coach Bick remembers a little bit more of it. But basic, basically, Coach Bick, like, pump faked me. He pump faked me that he was going to come and told me he was in. And I said, wait, what? And he goes, all right, well, let me sleep on it. I'll call you back. I mean, Tobe, you tell you, – you know what I'm talking about. But, but I, got, I got pump faked. Uh, well, so Woody called me. It was a Sunday. And I, I think you had gotten the job on a Saturday, if I'm right, coach. Am I right? It was a set. Yeah. So he called me on a Sunday and, I, you know, we had, we had briefly spoken Saturday and I was just like, Hey man, congrats. I'm pumped for you. And obviously me and Woody have known each other for a long time. So, you know, he calls me Sunday night and I'm like, Hey man, what's up? And uh, he's like, Hey, I got this and that. And I was in the middle of breaking down a baseball tournament and, you know, making sure my people had everything they need and everything's picked up in the yard. So, I'm like, Hey, I'm breaking everything down to call you back. So I get back to the hotel in Houston, Texas and, and I call him and I'm standing. I didn't even like go into the hotel. I just get out of my truck and I'm standing. Um, I'm standing in the parking garage, like looking out over the railing of the parking garage. And we just start talking and he starts talking to me about the job and Charlotte and you know, his vision and what he thinks and what the staff's going to look like. And, um, you know, he's like, Hey, both stand and you know, um, Simmons is staying, and so it was great. And um, how long did he I, talk before you realized he was getting ready to offer you a job? Uh well, <laughs> when he first, well, when he first, when he first called me on Sunday, like he got right to the point, which was great. 
Cause I'm like, Hey man, we talked yesterday. Why are you calling me again? You know? Cause I was just calling him on Saturday to be like, Hey, congrats. And then so he called me on Sunday. He's like, Hey, you know, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to come do this. And I was like, all right, well, and I, and I got really fired up, obviously the second phone call that we had on Sunday night and you know, it'd been a long day, long weekend. So we talked for about an hour on Sunday night on the second phone call. And I'm like, dude, I'm fired up. Let me sleep on this. I'll call you in the morning, but I'm in. And he was like, and he was like, wait. And I was like, dude, I'm going to sleep on it. I'll call you in the morning. And so <laughs> I was well, like, I mean, full, dis- full disclosure. I, I, I mean, <laughs> do you there, remember a different we weren't, we, we, Well, we weren't the only, we weren't the only dog in the fight for you to coach. No, no. And we won't mention, we won't mention any other, any, any other dogs that were in the fight, but, um, so anyway, so I, I wanted to sleep on it, which I, I thought was a good idea, even though, you know, everything in your gut and your heart is telling you to come back home. And so I wanted to sleep on it. And I woke up the next morning. I made, I made a couple more phone calls and I called Woody and I was like, Hey, I'm in. And he was like, all right. And I, I think he had the rest of the staff, of, you know, fired Simmons and, and, and Ross Steedley at that time, who's now the head coach of Queens, who's an alumni. They were all on the phone. I think they were eating lunch together. And, um, and so yeah, he we, put me on speaker. And Darren Spees was Darren Spees was there. We were all at lunch at uh, up in um, the student union. Yeah. So decided to come back and man, what a, what an awesome you know just what an awesome opportunity for me. Um, you know, I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago when coronavirus was hitting, and I was over at, at my parents' house helping them out around the house. But you know, just to think that a year ago. You know, I'd have never thought that I would be back in my hometown recruiting, you know, for a division one school in Charlotte, in my hometown and, and working with four of my best friends, um, you know, and able to go see my family, able to go see my mom and my dad, you know, they still live in the house that I grew up in and spend time with my brother and his wife and, and, and my 13 year old nephew and have dinner and lunch with friends. I mean, I'm just really fortunate to be here. And I, I, obviously we all value this city. Um, and, and what it is and what it's become and, and, and what it represents and, and the, the product that we want to put on the field and the players that we want to have in this program and that we do have in this program, you know, along with the coaching staff and the legends that are here is, you know, is, is just to represent this place to the best of our ability and, and, and to give this whole city something they can be really proud of because we know how much everybody loves baseball in this town. But, but that's what you said. That's what you said to Woody. Is I'm in. Let me think. Let me sleep on it. Yeah, yeah I told me. Let me sleep on it. I'll call you in the morning. There was a pause. There was a pause. I, I'm he's definitely, like, probably, maybe. <laughs> no, there, no, there was a pause. Like he, he was talking about. He was. It was like a recruit getting ready to commit. Like it was like he was talking. Like you know, I've talked it over with my family. I've given a lot of thought. This is. I'm excited. It's like just say it. And then like he, he there's a pause. And he's like, I'm in. And I was like, seriously? And he goes, well, let me sleep on it. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> I was, not, like, I was like, you just said it. I was like, you can't take it back. You can't take it back. That is not a pump today. That's not a pump. <laughs> that is Michael Jordan on Byron Russell push off to take the shot. Yep. Yeah. Well, I can tell I mean, you, I, I can tell you guys the next day when I drove from Houston back to Dallas, which I was living in Dallas at the time. I drove from Houston back to Dallas the next day and I called Woody probably 30 minutes into getting on the road. And it's about a four hour drive. I can promise you it was, it was one of those, like, after I called Woody and I was like, I'm in, 
it was uh it was like jerry Maguire when he's driving down the road after he signs cushman you know like you know tom petty free falling playing it was man it was awesome it was an awesome drive (laughs) Uh, i could not be more excited to be here and wearing niner green and um yeah i mean i you know i can't wait to get back on the field with the guys obviously that's you know that's the biggest one i mean we all want to go out and go recruiting and, and 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 go watch players um but I think the next time we all get to be on the field together, it's, it's going to be pretty special. Cause I, unfortunately I was not unfortunate, but I, I wasn't there on March 12th when, when, when the guys, um, you know, had to leave the airport and, and, you know, I wasn't there when they left. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody when we get back. So do y'all have those moments? I mean, I'm sure you do have those moments in, in recruiting, in the, in the recruiting process where it's kind of like you were doing Toby, you're, you know, I'm excited, my family, that, and and then you're you feel like you know that in that moment that if this kid if this commit if this kid will commit now I got him. Well, but if he doesn't, well, we, if he gets we don't off use campus, the word I, we don't use the word I. We say the word we. But yeah, um, uh, you know, I think I yeah, think the best we. you I, you know, and I I think it's different everywhere. Like I think in in Woody, you can you can jump in on this one too. But the longer when guys come on visits, the longer guys take after, especially for like a junior college type player, the longer they take after their visit up on campus, the longer they take to commit usually is an indicator that you're not going to get them. Um, And obviously it's awesome when players are on campus and, and they commit on campus. Um, That usually just means that, like one, we nailed the visit Two, this is a place the kid really wants to be. And three, that the kid's been, you know, we, we've, we've done a good job of prepping them. It's not like, you know, we saw him pitch and the next day he's on campus and then the next day he commits, uh, you know, it, it's all about relationship building, but this place sells itself. So, yeah, I mean, Woody's good at reading that part of it. Well, Woody, what was your, that, what's that? That? what is, what was your read that night while Toby was sleeping on it? What was your read? Well, I mean, the I mean, the I could I could hear in his voice, and I, and, you know, I've known him a long time. I know what the city means to him. You know, it just it just was going to come down to for me. I thought fundamentally, you know, was it was it going to work for him? And you know, that he, only he was going to know. Um, but I was I was confident I was confident that he, you know, that he wanted to, he wanted to come back here. I just like I said, I know what this place means to him. Um, there is definitely like whether, you know, it's that conversation or like recruiting, like, and, and so you can probably like when, a, when you know a player is getting ready to make a decision, like as soon as kind of the phone, like the phone rings and that first, like that initial sentence is said, like, you know, if he's getting ready to say, sorry, coach, I'm going to another school or thanks for the opportunity or coach, I'm in, I want to be a Niner. Like you kind of know, right. Like right by yeah. that initial tone in his voice and, and Tobe had, and Tobe had that, the tone of his voice that he, that this is where he wanted to be. And um, I was just hoping that, it, you know, I was hoping he would get there and um, you know, and like I said, that we weren't the only school that was really trying to, you know, to, to recruit him to, to come recruit for us and can coach for us. And so, you know, I was just hoping that nothing changed over the course of, you know, that, that call on Sunday night to when he called lunchtime on Monday. Um, unfortunately it didn't. And here we are. Amen. So it's kind of like what you're saying is, is I haven't recruited, but what you're saying is, is it's kind of like when you know you're about to be broken up with, you can tell by the, by the tone in the. <laughs> yeah, it's not, 
It's hey, not me. Coach. It's you. It, it, it's not me. It's you. I mean, I'm sure none of you all have ever been broken up with, but uh, hey, I haven't been broken up with in in <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get the it's not it's not you. It's me. Like that actually. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've had to I've had to counsel a few players over the 10 years of coaching in, in that scenario. So that's part of it. So you can you can tell when you when you as soon as they start talking, oh, I'm about to get done. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know it's it's just it's part of it though. You're not going to recruit at 100, percent you know, commitment rate, and um, you know we take pride in the players that we recruit that that don't choose Charlotte. We, you know, we wish them the best, and and because the baseball world is a small fraternity, and you never know when those those paths are going to cross again, right? Like there's um, we have a um, again not really saying names, but I mean we have we have one junior college player that's committed to us um, that signed with us. And uh, I, re- he committed to another school as I was recruiting at Virginia tech and he recruited to another school in the state or he committed to another school in the state as a sophomore in high school. I wish him the best of luck and fast forward six years later, I'm getting ready to coach him. So you just never know. You never know what can happen in this game. You just try to do things the right way and treat people with respect and, um, you know, like, I mean, Charlotte sells itself. I mean, that's the other thing coach talked about it. Like it's it kind of sells itself. And, and, you know, if we, we only want players that want to be here, right? Like if, a, if a player, if, if we, we, we don't put deadlines on our, on our recruits to make decisions and we don't, um, we don't put a lot of pressure on them because we only want players that want to be here. And we think that when player, if we recruit under those pretenses that, once players get here, we talk about playing for the nine across the chest, they'll be all in. So we talked about, uh, we, we, we talked about 2020 and you had some guys and, and you complimented that and supplemented that with, with the rest of the class. And those guys will be coming on the campus this fall. That's what we're, that's our story anyway. Um, Talk to us in in the broadest sense about where where you guys are at in your in your twenty twenty one process. I know you, you're in yeah. a dead period right now. We mentioned, but where where are we going for twenty twenty one? No, I mean i th- I think we're in a really uh, I think we're in a really good place. And recruiting obviously never stops. We're never going to be done. Um, just because you're you're always looking you're always looking for the the right pieces. Um, certainly in 2021, we, we've got, we've got a number of commitments right now. And, and we like, I mean, we love the guys that we've got in the 2021 class, but you know, you're, you're still looking to add pieces um, this summer, depending on when and where we get to go out. But I think, I think it's going to be a staff effort of us for a period of time, watching games online and tracking guys. Right. And then, you know, who getting on the phone with the 2021s and, you know, figuring out what it is we're going to need. And then <clears throat> things change too, when you get on campus um, and, and your guys start competing in the fall, because what, what the guys do on the field on a daily basis affects what you're looking for in the future as well. So there, there's a lot of different things. I think we're in a good place. Um, you know, we don't have anything figured out and I certainly don't have anything figured out, but the pieces that we have in the 2021 class, we're really excited about as well. Um, and then, you know, obviously we've got a 2022 commit. And so it's, you know, that that's kind of part of it. I mean, right now, I think everybody on staff is scrolling through Twitter and Instagram and, 
you know, recruiting services and watching video and trying to figure out when certain things are going to be televised or live streamed. Um, and, and so we're really dialed into that and fortunate for, for me and for Woody and for everybody on staff is that we've got five guys that, that really love, um, recruiting, scouting, evaluating, whether it's on campus, off campus, whatever it may be. So, yeah. And the, the games change too, right? Like, I mean, with the transfer portal, um, it just, that, that was instituted two years ago. Um, you know, so it's some rules have changed in, in that regard. Um, you know, and whether again, for good or for bad, right? Like the, it's, it's, um, it's part of it. So, um, and then you have, um, you know, the ruling, the, the legislation that was passed with players all receiving another year of eligibility. So you have players on your rosters that you were anticipating, you know, being, you know, leaving your program, right? Like we have players returning as senior reliefs. We had, we had players that were, we were expecting to be uh, seniors next year who are now juniors again. And we have, you know, we have players repeating years. We have junior college players that are coming in as sophomores and that aren't coming in as juniors. So, you know, from that regard, how, you know, I mean, I mean, when you step back and you look at the 2020 recruiting class and all of these, you know, you know, the junior college players that you, that we recruited to come in as juniors, they're now coming in as sophomores. So that really reshapes your entire recruiting plan. You can't, you, you have to adjust everything you're doing because the, the landscape of recruiting now is not what it was three months ago. It just isn't. So, you know, we're, we're trying to adjust accordingly. And if that means we have to recruit later, and be more patient then we will if that means that we have to um you know have smaller recruiting classes moving forward then we will it, you know it's just and like coach said we're going to learn a lot this fall with you know and seeing the players when they're back you know in the locker room and on the field and um you know what it kind of looks like and you know but but even then i mean you have players that that don't necessarily have great falls that have awesome springs so you learn a lot. We'll learn a lot more about, you know, our needs for the 2021 class really next fall and, and, and even next spring. So, but it's a daily thing as you, as you, it's been mentioned multiple times on here. We, uh, we talk recruiting each and every day. We look at it every day. Um, and it's not, it's, it's, we just, we love it. It's, it's, we love building relationships with families and, um, the future players in this program. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just a part of, it's a part of what we do. Just for reference, the, uh, the, the transfer tracker that D one baseball keeps, um, has the most 800 names in it right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, again, like I said, it, it's, there's, there's pros and cons to it. Um, you know, we just, uh, but, but it's, it's a, it's an avenue of recruiting that wasn't available three years ago that has been the last year or two, um, you know, so we'll, you know, we'll, every school, not just us, every school is looking at potential grad transfers and, um, you know, four to fours and, and that sort of thing. So it's just, it's just part of it. You just have to kind of evaluate. I do think, I do think the new legislation that's, that's come in place with the, the relief and the, um, the blanket waiver of the year of eligibility. I think that, not necessarily going to slow recruiting down, but I think it's going to take, I think it's going to force some schools to look at, you know, 
you know, either smaller, like recruiting smaller classes as well as, you know, a little bit later, which I think is a good thing. Do you think that, uh, you're, we talked about the technology and using that, you know, you talked about the Toby, your example is the, the, the five, nine guy with the, the 88 mile an hour fastball, but the spin rate is, is what catches your eye. Does, does your approach on that type of, of evaluation potentially play into your hands with everything that's happening with this evaluation period um, as opposed to the, you know, the traditional, I just got to go out to the ball field and see them kind of approach. It can, it, it can, cause you only got one set of eyes and you can, you know, the, one of the biggest lessons I learned early as a recruiting coordinator was make sure you just to be where your feet are. Um, and, and now with social media and as you build relationships in North Carolina and also around the country and there's technology to back it up. Um, you know, you can get a, I, I would rather get on an airplane to go watch the, the player or get in my car and drive nine hours mm-hmm. with a couple of diet mountain dews and a, and a podcast to listen to niner podcast, you know, to, to see it. But the, the advantage that you're getting now is you know what you're going to see. Well, that you two, know I mean? you know, that that two and a half hour fantasy draft will get you a lot of places. <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, it will. <laughs> it'll it'll also it'll also prepare you for uh, next year's golf tournament in the fall, and our first pitch banquet, the second first pitch banquet in um, in January February. So, um, because you'll have more stories about guys, you know, you can put a face with a name, or at least I can. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know. I, I'm I'm definitely antsy, uh, you know, ready to ready to go back to work and be on the road um, whenever it does happen. Um, when the yeah, certainly when whenever whenever allowed. When they extended the recruiting dead period, I had to call Coach Bick and just ask him if he was sitting down before I told him the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of had to know it was coming though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Just we're, we're, I think everybody in baseball right now, including you guys and us, and every player and every coach out there at, at all levels, we're all just, we're we're all just adapting, right? And we're adapting day to day, you know, whatever that looks like. So um, I know Woody's great about making sure that our staff has plans in place for A, B, C, and D. Um, and so whatever does happen, we'll, we'll be ready for it and, and we'll keep moving forward. But, you know, for right now, we're, you know, for right now we're, we're just making sure our guys are taken care of and our incoming guys are taken care of and they're doing the right things. Awesome. Well, I think we're, I gotta, we're, we're about at our, our jumping off point for tonight. Yeah. I don't want to cut you off coach big. What, what'd you have there? Well, it's my turn now. You know I like to ask questions too. So, all right. Oh man, go ahead. Ask anything. Give me, give me something that you're looking forward to, guys. All three of you, right? Brad, that includes you too. You and Kevin, right? What are you guys? What What do you you got something coming up that you're looking forward to? You know, in the next two weeks, in the next month, just this summer. Is it a trip? Is it an anniversary? Is it birthdays? Um, is it a series? you know, or a movie release, whatever it may be. You guys go. I mean, 
just waiting for life to get back to normal. So, yes. <laughs> uh, I, there's not really much I can I can plan until until life gets back to normal. I'm I'm kind of a week a, week at a time type of type of guy. So, uh, so we'll have to see. I mean, I would love to see some sports played. You know, actual sports, not reruns. Um, so I'm just looking forward to those type of things. What you got, Kevin? Yeah, we will. We've already had a couple of things. I've been having a busy uh, last week or so. Um, my uh, 11th wedding anniversary was Saturday. Nice. My son's my yes. son's uh, son turned nine on yesterday. My son turned nine yesterday, so we uh, had a quarantine birthday party for him. And um, my youngest son, he turns uh, he turns five in June. So that's what to look forward to. But what I am uh, mostly looking forward to is when they announce that they're going to play baseball, some minor league baseball, maybe, hopefully, or even major league. I'll, I'll probably drive to Atlanta if they have a uh, major league baseball game going on. Um, I'm, I'm hungry for some – for that day they announce that they are playing baseball. Um, it'll be a good day. From the info I've got, from the info I've gathered, I think I think that it's better than fifty percent that there's going to be a major league baseball season of some capacity. Whether they're going to try July Fourth weekend, but they've got the next three weeks to really kind of come together, players and owners, to figure it out based on some guys that I know like that are still playing. It's kind of hard to see. I, I your perspective different than mine, but from the outside looking in, it's kind of hard to see. <clears throat> the circumstances necessary for there to be minor league baseball. I mean, in the stadiums with fans, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. They've got, they've, they've got work to do to figure out major league baseball. So yeah, yeah. The, I think they've, they, once they figure, I think like, I think they've got to figure that out and then, you know, and then hopefully by the time they figure that out, there's time, there's time remaining for the minor league side because we've we've got a lot of Niners that are we're still hopeful that we get to you know see them play this year all right well good well, deal we're out of time today folks. Uh, oh wait I was supposed to answer what you got yeah let's go I'm sorry we're out of time gotta go uh no um you know, I, I tell you what, this is uh this is always an interesting time of year um I I, I I'm in education I, I teach history at community college here up the road from me and uh grades were turned in on on monday and so i got to close the academic year out um a lot of things missing from that um no commencement no chance to say goodbye to the students you know kind of thing so kind of what you guys experienced you know a few months ago kind of a delayed reaction kind of had that going on, but just the, the transition from traditional classroom learning into completely online. And then what that meant. Um, I hope my employer is not listening to this because I love, love, love my job. But what I've been doing the last two months is not what I love. You know, it's, it's not, um, I would, science aside, I would go back into a classroom tomorrow um, because it's what I do. 
and it's where I like being. Um, kind of like Toby would go recruit tomorrow because that's that's what he that's what he does. Um, so I, I I was just kind of what am I looking forward to? Uh, I have some summer school classes, but for the next couple of days, I'm looking forward to not thinking about anything. There you go. (laughs) Well, I can tell you guys, if if you're not already, if you're not already on it, Yellowstone season three starts father's day. (laughs) I'm fired up about it. That's the show with Kevin Costner, right? Paramount network. Check it out. I don't don't have Paramount network. Is that, is that, you got to subscribe to that. Man, I I have no idea. I usually I, I usually find a way to watch it, but it's it's a, it's a good show. So you stole Stott's password, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the first thing I've ever stolen from Stott, but I would gladly take it. You know, <laughs> he he owes me. Stott owes me. It's not a big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but that, that's a, that's a lame answer, but I'm, I'm just kind of looking forward to not thinking about some of this other stuff for a few days and before, Amen. before summer school goes And It's, it's of course all online and we're, we had meetings this week to talk about fall and <laughs> those conversations sound a lot like the baseball conversations where we, well, we don't know. Yeah. Um, we're, we're making plans to be in, in the classrooms uh, in the fall, but we have a fallback plan. Sound familiar? It does. It does. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's a good, that's a great question, Toby. Um, man, it is, it's going to be, I, I'll tell you, this is how, and, and Kevin and I talked about this. This is how hard up we, we are for, for something to do and something baseball. Um, our, our, our friends at, at the, uh, the cannonballers uh, have, they, they have brand new stadium that you, you cannot watch games in, um, but they started this today. They opened up their merchandise store in the stadium and they opened up their concession, at least one of their concession stands to serve ballpark food. So I think tomorrow I'm going to go down to the cannonballer stadium and eat a Coach, hamburger. Let me know how the, let me know how the nachos are. Big nacho fan. We'll nacho we'll see fan. what we can find because that's you know I'm not sure what all they're serving, but I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to a ballpark tomorrow and buy a hamburger or a hot dog or something just because because it's there. Real quick, yeah. are you guys watching? Are you guys watching Last Dance? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty good. I see you tweet really about good. it. Honestly, you're yeah. I see you tweet. You know. I always can remember when it's coming on because you, you, you send out the Twitter update. Hey, remind um, everybody. It's good stuff. What are you, what are you taking from that? What are you getting out of? I mean, I mean, you're getting an inside look at what, what, you know, the, the greatest competitor combined with the most talent combined with the greatest work that work ethic of all time, you know, what it looks like and what it sounds like. Um, from new, from unique perspectives. So, um, I, I love, I love just, I take, I try to take as much as I possibly can from MJ. Right. Um, he talks about playing for coach Smith in college and he talks about playing for Phil Jackson with the bulls and some of it and his other coaches before Phil. So, you know, and, and the different traits that those guys have that really helped him or, 
didn't help didn't help him. So there's a lot to take away. I, I think it's a it's a it's a fabulous documentary, and um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to win a lot of awards and be talked about for a long time. Don't you think yeah. it says a lot that uh, that there's a lot of it deals with a lot of heavy stuff, especially in in Michael's background, you know, his father and everything else. The only time he really gets emotional is when he's talking about competition is when he's talking about how, how he played. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's really it's, interesting. It's fat. It's fascinating. Yeah. You, you know, I'm, I'm sure there there's, I mean, there's gotta be so many, like they talk about him and Steve, Steve Kerr having that incident in practice, right? Like, um, Will Purdue, he and Will Purdue getting into it in practice. And uh, that's, I mean, that's, how much how much MJ talks about practice and the importance of it and the competitive level of it? I mean, you know, as, as a coach, you, I know our, our players are watching. I'm just like, yes, yes, keep talking about practice, yes, like, <laughs> you know. Um, so he was not like Allen Iverson. No, no, um, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's you know he's more talented than Iverson. He's more competitive than Iverson and he worked harder than Iverson. And that's, that's what it looks like. I, I'm not sure. Would, would you, would you want to be teammates with, with Absolutely. the guy? Absolutely. All day, yeah. every day. Or, or, yeah. or are you, yeah. or are you yeah. rings for sure? Well, I get I the like, rings. I get the rings, but what about the practice? It's, I mean, that's, I mean, people ask me what it's like being in the same recruiting class with Andrew Miller and Daniel Bard. I mean, Andrew Miller has been in the big leagues for 12 years and um, was a Roger Clemens award winner. I mean, being in practice with Andrew Miller and Daniel Bard every single day elevated my game. It absolutely did. I mean, I was every single day I was trying to, you know, and I, I think that's what, I mean, I think that's why when Horace Grant went to the Magic, he became mm-hmm. a star for the Magic is because he's been playing with Pippen and he's been practicing against Pippen and MJ for four years. So, the rest, you know, the rest of the league is easier now because he doesn't have to guard them but in practice anymore. And then it talks about how, um, you know, Scotty, like Scotty Pippen just got better and better. They put uh, – I think they put Scotty Pippen on – to defend, you know, one of the best players in the league. Well, Pippen was used to guarding MJ in practice every day. So any player that Scottie Pippen has to guard in a game is going to be easier than MJ, right? Like, I mean, that's that's what I think is so fascinating about it is when you're just – you have the be- you have that kind of, you know, talent competitor on, on your team. It just elevates everyone. What about what you think about that answer of Pippins about when he when he set out? I mean, the answer he gave, the answer he gave about that that controversy where he refused to go back in the game and then Kukoc hits the game winner. The answer he gave on that made Toby's answer to you seem reasonable. What do you mean? He said, "Yeah, that was unfortunate. I shouldn't have done that. That was terrible. Would you do it again? Yeah, I think I would." <laughs> That's what he said. Um, he talked about the regret, and then he no said, comment. "I'd do no it again." Comment. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I've, I've never walked in, I've never walked in Scottie Pippen's shoes, you know, so I don't, I, I, I can't, I don't, you know, 
it's hard to, it's hard to know. It's hard to, it's hard to know why he feels that way. I tell you this though, if, and I didn't have, uh, you, could, could you watch that? Could you watch that series and come out with a positive view of, of Krause? <laughs> it's just, you just, for, I mean, I'll just, I mean, coach Beck, you obviously say out of your opinion. My opinion is, is like, I just shake my head. Like it didn't have to end from, it could have kept going. You know, they, after the second three P, it could have kept going, and that's, you know, it just it feels it feels like it was cut short, and it didn't. You know, whether that's Cross's fault or every whoever, it's it just did. That's what kind of felt. Yeah, like players play, players make the team, you know, and yeah. and and if you've got a good recipe, it's it's you know, it's like my mom's cornbread, right? She's been making quality cornbread, really good cornbread for a long time. She if all of a sudden she used a different recipe, you know, we'd be like, Hey, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> that's a bad analogy, but uh, you know, great analogy, really the most intent, intelligent guy, you know, I mean, if it's working and, and I think the game, you know, we to, you know, as coaches, I mean, it comes down to the players, you know, cause we, we don't hit, we don't feel, we don't run, we don't throw, we don't certainly, I don't hit three pointers. I don't, I don't know if I've ever made one in my life, but um, you know, it's about the players. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes. It's 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 not about the X's and the O's um, to a certain extent. And certainly coaches make a large impact. And Phil Jackson had a great impact on, on what they were doing. But, man, when you when you got a recipe like that, you, it's tough to imagine breaking it up, you know. So. You, know why your, you know why your mama's cornbread is a perfect analogy? Why? Because you just reminded me how hungry I am. <laughs> well me too i'm ready to i'm ready to eat something but i appreciate All you guys right. having us on yeah let's let's wrap this one up oh man i bet now well okay final question one word answer is is your mama's cornbread is it sweet cornbread or not it's uh sweet cornbread it's sweet cornbread kind of like the the i mean not i don't don't in no way making the comparison but like the jiffy mix kind that's that's a sweet cornbread no, no, it's it's from scratch and it's burned on the oh, outside yeah, yeah. to a, to to a perfect brown um, oh, on the bottom. Like an iron skillet. Yeah, and yeah, it's a cast iron skillet. Cast iron skillet. Put the oil in. Have the pan in the oven. Right. Make sure that's heated, and then you put then then you put it in, and it's all made from scratch, made with love. I mean, you just you know, it's the greatest thing ever. Black eyed peas, pinto beans. Oh yeah, black. Oh yeah, black eyed peas, pinto beans, cabbage, cabbage with bacon. I mean, just. I mean, let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready to eat. I'm hungry now. Producer Brad, <laughs> producer Brad, get ready to play our music. We we get out of here. <laughs> it's time to go eat. Guys, thanks again. Yeah, this has been fun, uh, Coach Woody. I always give you the last word. You you got anything you want to that? Nah, just. Um, I mean. It's, I, I cherish our time being on here, but there's no, make no mistake. We all, we all know where we wish we were right now. And that is Florida Atlantic uh, playing our last regular season of the year and getting ready to prime up for Biloxi, Mississippi to go, you know, make a run and win a conference tournament and play in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, that at the end of the day, that's what our, our coaching staff, I know our players are all, we're all looking forward to for 2021 and we're all going to get there. We just got to keep playing. We're going to do it. All right, folks. 
We got to get out of here. I got to go find some cornbread now. Thanks, Toby. That's going to do it for us tonight, folks. Thanks so much for listening, provided you're still listening. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, etc. Make sure to click subscribe and you'll be notified anytime we post new content. Also, follow Diamond Niner fans on social media for all the latest on 49er baseball, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Until next time, good night, everybody. Go Niners. <laughs>